The Way Out Podcast, episode 126. Anything an alcoholic or addict lets go has claw marks on it. Oh, dude. (laughs) Yeah, like letting go is an art, and it's like the most freeing thing. Like, when you when you just let it go, then you don't have to fight any of it anymore. If it's you say like, let it go again, I'm gonna start breaking into frozen. I was gonna yeah. say it's shredding. Let it go. <laughs> let it go. It's also important to understand that these defects served us well at one point or another in our lives. Okay, they were an important part of defense mechanisms of providing safety, security, whatever it was. Right? They don't serve us in recovery, so that's why we got to get rid of them. Yeah. They were an imperfect solution while in active addiction or alcoholism, right? But they're just a a, a complete block in recovery. Yeah, so, roadblocks. The actions required to get them to disappear is a continual conversation with your higher power saying, okay, help me. And then, you know, a situation comes up and you would normally do this. You have got to take the action to do something different so that you can carry through that character into your everyday life. Welcome. Thank you for joining us on this week's installment of The Way Out, sharing stories from people just like you who have recovered from alcoholism and other addictions. The Way Out does not speak on behalf of, nor are we affiliated with any 12-step organization. Our purpose is to share with you, one episode at a time, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. The Way Out podcast is sponsored by Transitions Daily. Would you like to join a free, anonymous, online group that offers a daily topic email with popular recovery resources accompanied by a secret Facebook group for discussion? Go to dailyaaemails.com for more information about Transitions Daily. Don't forget to share dailyaaemails.com with friends, in meetings, and with sponsees, in recovery. Make sure to check out the official website of the Way Out Podcast at www.wayoutcast.com. There you will find links to our latest episodes on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Radio FM. You can also follow the Way Out Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Help us get the message out that lifelong recovery from alcoholism and addiction is possible by giving us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform. Have a question or comment about an upcoming or previous show? Call us right now. Area code 218-382-1960. Call us anytime, day or night, and leave us a message on whatever is on your mind. Maybe it's a previous episode topic or something that you're struggling with in your own recovery. Call us at 218-382-1960 and leave the Way Out podcast hosts a message and we could feature it on our next episode. That's 218-382-1960. Help us recover out loud. Last but certainly not least, make sure to check out altrecoveryrings.com for stunning rings made from your very own recovery coin. That's allrecoveryrings.com. The Way Out Podcast is on right now. Along with Jason and Allie, I'm Charlie, and this week we're breaking down the oft-overlooked and perhaps even more so dreaded 12-step concept of character defects in recovery. In short order, you'll get a practical definition of what character defects are and why we want to shed their dominance over our day-to-day thoughts, actions, 
in interactions with others. Understanding the what and how of it will lead us into what actions we can take in order to free ourselves from the stronghold character defects such as fear, anger, selfishness, control, among many others, have on us. Plus, we share feedback from the sober and serious community and take your calls. So listen up. Jason, Allie. Hey, guys. Hi. Welcome to the Way Out Podcast, episode 126. Woo. We're talking character defects. Right. Nice. And before we get into this meaty topic yeah. of recovery, <laughs> Allie, yep. get a little farther up into that mic. Perfect. Introduce yourself to the Way Out Podcast audience and tell us who you are and um, a little bit about you know your recovery and uh, uh, we'll go from there. Well, my name's Allie and... We'll see. I have seven years and two months sober nice. in recovery. Wow. Um, you know, I started this program out and I kept myself busy. I'll leave it at that. And I was about three and a half, four years sober. And I got a sponsor that was hardcore old fashioned AA and really, really dug into the meat of this program and how it works and what I need to do to change me. And that's what I did. Hell yeah. Seven years in two months that deserves a way out podcast <laughs> round of applause yay thanks for the so well done Allie, on thank that you. thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come here and uh, have a, a, a hopefully really instructive practical discussion on character defects so the first thing we like to do is we like to get a working definition now character defect occurs to me is two words Oh wow! Right, so we're gonna get you just two blew defini- my mind. <laughs> you blew my mind. <laughs> we're gonna get two definitions. We're actually gonna get three because Snap. in recovery literature, often you hear character defect and you also hear shortcoming. Right, and if you understand how Bill wrote, he used lots of different words to describe the same things. He was taught that by his mother. So in his writing style, his prose is riddled with different terms for the same thing. Right. So shortcomings and character defects, as read in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, are referring to the same thing. But they have some interesting color in terms of the definition. So let's get character out of the way first. Character is a noun. is described as the mental and moral qualities distinctive to an individual. Right on. All right. So obviously that's subject to change. <laughs> it sure is. Yeah. Yeah. It also some some synonyms to character are personality, nature, disposition, temperament, temper, mentality, right? Psyche. Defect. The definition of defect also a noun, a shortcoming, imperfection. Or lack. Right. Right. I just think of a big out of order sign. Missing. Yep. And a shortcoming is a fault or a failure to meet a certain standard, typically at a person's character. Right. A plan or a system. Mm. So when we put them together, we're really talking about a lack or a flaw or a shortcoming in a person's character. Right. right. 
One of the most well-known parables in 12-step literature on character defects is referred to as the drop the rock parable. And the drop the rock parable is extremely instructive in terms of illustrating what character defects might be, but more importantly, why we want to get rid of them, what the whole point is. And we want to set that as our mission, is to understand what the whole point is of identifying character defects, of trying to get them removed, right? Why? Why? This parable does a tremendous job. It's in a book called Drop the Rock, and there's a follow-up book called The Ripple Effect. Highly recommended. Highly, highly recommended. That will be in the show notes, yeah? It sure will. Right on. Seems there was this group of 12-step members taking a boat ride to this island called Serenity. <laughs> and it was truly a happy bunch of people. As the boat pulled away from the dock, a few on board noticed Mary running down the street trying to catch up with the boat. One member said, darn, she's missed the boat. Another said, maybe not. Come on, Mary. Jump in the water. Swim. Swim. You can make it. You can catch up with us. So Mary jumped into the water and started to swim for all she was worth. She swam for quite a while and then started to sink. The members on board, now all aware that Mary was struggling, shouted, come on, Mary. Don't give up. Drop the rock. With that encouragement, Mary started swimming again, only to start sinking again shortly afterward. She was going under when she heard all those voices shouting to her, Mary, drop the rock. Let go and drop the rock. Mary was vaguely aware of something around her neck. She couldn't (laughs) quite figure out what it was. Once more, she gathered her strength and started swimming. She was doing quite well, even gaining a little on the boat. But then she felt this heaviness pulling her under once again. She saw all those people on the boat holding out their hands and hollering for her to keep swimming and shouting, Don't be an idiot, Mary! Drop the rock! Then she understood when she was going down for the third time. This thing around her neck, this was why she kept sinking when she really wanted to catch the boat. This thing was the rock they were all shouting about. Resentments, fear, dishonesty, self-pity, intolerance, and anger were just some of the things her rock was made of. God help me get rid of the rock, she prayed. Now, get rid of it. Mary managed to stay afloat long enough to untangle a few of the strings holding that rock around her neck, realizing as she did that her load was easing up. Then, with another burst of energy, she let go. She tore the other strings off and dropped the rock. Once free of the rock, she was amazed how easy it was to swim. She soon caught up with the boat. Amazed how easy it was. Those on on board were cheering for her and applauding and telling her how great she was, how it was so good having her with them again, and how they could get on with the boat ride and have a nice time. Mary felt great and was just about to indulge in a little rest and relaxation when she glanced back to shore. There, a ways back, 
She thought she saw something bobbing in the water, so she pointed out to some others. Sure enough, someone was trying to catch the boat, swimming for dear life but not making much headway. In fact, it looked like the person was going under. Mary looked around and saw the concern on the faces of the other members. She was the first to lean over the rail and shout, Hey, friend, drop the rock. Nice. Share it. I've I've literally never heard that story before. I mean, I've heard similar Mm -hmm. um, little things, but... Yeah, you hear the parable about the guy in a pit, and everybody's like, you know, climb out, climb out, and it's like the last guy that, here, I'll get in with you. Right, right. He's like, I've been in here before, and I know a way out. When you're ready, come with me, right? Which is a great parable about a different, I think, piece of the program, right? Like, it I've is, been here. But it's if you consider the two together, it's the someone turning around and reaching out and helping. And that's, you Agreed. know, what it's about. Agreed. So, again, drop the rock and drop the rock. The, rock, the ripple effect I highly mm-hmm. recommend as recovery literature when you're at a point where you're working through six and seven, right? You know what that really reminds me of is like the first step and how it's just like, that's the hardest step. I mean, to surrender completely to this program is so hard. And, uh, but the whole entire time it's like, I think it's hard because we think of it as like a sign of weakness. Like we're weak and like our pride gets in the way of that. It's just like the saying that really surrender means that you don't have to fight anymore. It's just like the saying that says anything an alcoholic or addict lets go has claw marks on it. Oh, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Like letting go is an art and it's like the most freeing thing. Like when you when you just let it go, then you don't have to fight any of it anymore. If it's you say like, let it go again, I'm going to start breaking into frozen. I was going to yeah. say it's shredding. Let it go. <laughs> let it go. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. So in Drop the Rock, they list now. It's important and instructive to tell the Way Out podcast listeners that if you Google character defects list, <laughs> okay, uh, that's not good for your own well being. Uh-huh. Okay. There's 196 on some in some places. 196. Okay. Right. We're gonna simplify that for y'all. Okay. And we're gonna make this real easy when it comes to identifying your character defects and then going through the process of having them removed. Right. Right. We're not gonna get into the business of trying to figure out which of 196 character defects may or may not apply to you. It's madness. We're not going to diagnose each other right now. We spot. are not. Well, oh, I, I'll just step up because all of them apply to me. <laughs> Everyone. I don't. One mean, way. Hell yeah. uh, you know, I'm just going to be perfectly honest. All 196 are minimal. And that's right. what I'm saying. Depending on the circumstance sure. I'm in. Sure. Yes. Absolutely. Now, there's some chief character defects <laughs> we can talk about. Uh, and they're opposite principles. Right. Okay. And we're not going to go through all of them. Uh, if you get the book, you'll see that there's about 20 and they have an opposite principle. And the opposite principle is an important piece that we're going to talk about later on. Okay, um, Selfish and self-seeking and the opposite would be interest in others. Dishonest, obviously honesty. Fear, opposite would be courage. Pride, the principle. The opposite principle is humility or seeking God's will. Inconsiderate, being considerate. Greed, giving or sharing. Lust, purity. Anger, calm and serenity. Envy, gratefulness. Sloth, action, 
gluttony, moderation, impatience, patience, uh, hate, love and empathy, self-pity, self-forgetfulness. And there's a, there's a number of other ones. So the opposite principle makes a lot of sense when we start talking about how we look to get these removed. You know, um, inventory helps us identify. Well, doesn't that kind of speaks to that there's probably an action that you could take to remedy. And that's the whole point of drop the rock. Yeah. Okay. Is that we don't see the first time I read six and seven. Okay. Uh, we're entirely ready to have these defects of character, right? And be, and then humbly asked. Right. My own brain interpreted that as Charlie works as hard as possible to remove his own defects without any help. <laughs> that does not work. No. That's or, how I read that. Or yeah. I've known people who like expected them to just be gone. Right. Like well, now I'm better now because I, I this did this prayer that. because the book told me to, and now they're gone, and I can just go about life and act like normal. Right, right. And it doesn't work Mm-mm. that way, unfortunately. No. You know, and it says it in step six about how we hold on to the the strongest ones. We don't want to get rid of them. We don't even know we're doing it. Correct. It's so second nature. It's also important to understand that these defects served us well at one point or another in our lives. Okay, mm-hmm. they they um, they were an important part of defense mechanisms of of providing safety, security, whatever it was. Right. They don't serve us in recovery. No. So that's why we got to get rid of them. Yeah, they were an imperfect solution while in active addiction or alcoholism, right? But they're just a um, a complete block in recovery. Yeah, so roadblocks. Inventory helps us identify our character defects. And we do that in four and five. Yeah. Right? So in step four, we list our resentments, the cause, what part of self, self-esteem, pride, pocketbook, personal relations, ambition, emotional security, or sex relation, it affects, right? right? Where we played a part, and we put all that all down on paper. We also listed our fears and asked ourselves if self-reliance failed us with regard to these fears. Then we list sexual conduct and harm done to others, what happened, and the emotions attached. So this process, and then in five, then admitting to God, to ourselves, and to another human being. This is a process of inventory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And out of that process, I was able to identify my chief character defects. Yep. It's about self-transparency is kind of how I see it. If I don't do this inventory, if I don't write down what my character defects are and how they're affecting my situations, I can't see through the muddle of what I'm trying to hold on to in order to get to step six. Right. That's right. I have no idea how I'm going to go about the business of removing character defects if I'm not even aware of them. In four and five, I became abundantly aware of a lot of the things that were operating under the surface, un- undetected by me. Right. Certainly not by other people. Right. But undetected by me. Right. Yep. And most of it, if not all of it, dealt with self-centeredness. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you know, I think it's important to mention, too, that like your first run through the steps, you're not going to do four and five perfectly. Right. You're not going to even be after you get all the way through them steps the first time, completely aware of all your defects of character. These things will be revealed as time goes on. And as we continue in this 
new lifestyle that we've adopted. Like we continue to grow and things start to become abundantly clear that we need to like focus on them, uh, that we're never even on our radar before. We just, we're looking at the world and ourselves through a new pair of glasses and that's really funny that you say that because, you know, I did my first set of steps, my first step four, step five, you know, all the way up through 12, I was eight months sober. And then, you know, I did another round at four years sober and I just recently finished um, a new four step inventory. And it's amazing how God just reveals things each time. And it's like, why did I not catch this the first time? Right. Because we're not ready, we're not capable of handling all of that at one time. I always like to say, I think my head would have exploded. Oh, for sure. <laughs> if I knew it all at once, right. I would have died. Right. right, yeah. And then it's like, as God reveals it, as as my character defects are revealed, it's like, okay, now I've dealt with these little minor ones. Wow, now I see the pattern. Wow, now I need to fix the next one. Mm-hmm. And that's why we continue to do this. Because it does not just go away the first time you do one four-step and you're done. Absolutely. Yep. 100% correct. Well, you know, I, I I feel like I did the steps in order as they were laid out in the big book of alcohol, Alcoholics Anonymous to the best of my given ability at that time. Exactly. Blah, blah, blah. Right? <laughs> yep. And yes, maybe absolutely. that that is, and I always recommend that, right? Like, right. just do the best you can. Yeah. Right. Well, and we I grow tell each people. Time. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you. I was just gonna say you grow each time. Yeah. Right. So like you do a four step and a fifth step, and you do your sixth step, and you say, God, humbly, please help me get rid of these defects, and then you take action to do that. Right. Absolutely. And then you do it again, and the more you reveal, the more you can actively work on removing those defects right. each time. And we're doing that in six and seven, and there's shockingly very little said in the big book about steps six and seven, like shockingly little. Yeah, because they're very simple. And I was like surprised uh, that they were so profound. The Mm. effect uh, that it had on me was very profound. I mean, God stepped in to, to my life and in my heart and all of a sudden I had that peace and I could I could sleep. I don't think I slept a whole night mm-hmm. like like a baby, you know, just it was weird. And I thought this is a fluke. I'm just emotionally exhausted because that was intense. And it's this process where you're doing four, then five, yeah. and six and seven happened like in 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 a few hours. Yeah, after it wasn't five. It, it wasn't know? like for two weeks that I finally was like, holy shit, like this is sticking mm-hmm. with me. Like mm-hmm. like I wasn't thinking to, or I wasn't like living in anxiety and fear about losing my kid or or going to prison for, you know, almost 10 years I was looking at at the time. And like all these things were really weighing, weighing on me hard. And then all of a sudden it was like. You have this burden not, release. You know, I knew it was there and I knew it was a thing, you know, that I was facing. But it wasn't, um, it wasn't fucking with me like it was before. I just had this weird peace over me and I could. It's the only way I could explain that is it was God doing for me what I could never do for myself. The reason we talk about four and five when we're talking about character defects in six and seven is because the reason I could do six and seven was because I was staring at my defects. I was staring right at them. I just came off of step five and I wanted no part of any of that stuff because I became abundantly and acutely aware of how they messed my life up and how they hurt other people and it made me sick in a lot of ways 
So, so I wanted to get honest. rid of those. So there was a lot of motivation yeah. coming off of five. Right. Right. And one of the things my sponsor had me do was like, uh, you know, when you say break down character defects and look at the character word, you know, and I had to write down my character as who I really was, not who I had turned into as a result of my disease. Right. You know, and it was honest and, and loving and tolerant and all of these things that I did not know how to be. So right. when I did my four step. And then I shared that with my sponsor, my fifth step. And then when I got to my sixth step and I was able to go, this is my character. These are the defects getting in the way of me really being this person that my character tells me who I am. Right. These are my underlying beliefs and values and motives. And I have to get rid of these to be this person. And I can do that. And I did a step six and, you know, and really humbly did it. When I was four years sober and I was amazed, just like you. Yeah. Absolutely amazed. It's awesome. I love, Allie, what you said there, that your defects get in the way of your true character. And I often say mm -hmm. that I my my main goal these days is to get out of my own way. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I have to constantly, every day, God, let me do your will, not my will. And that's what that means to me is yep. this idea that I that my character defects are getting in the way of the person the God of my understanding would have me be. Exactly. Right. Which is our underlining character. Mm -hmm. You know, it's what sets Correct. us as who we are, you know, is that that character of this is who I am. And man, I can get in my own way so fast. I have this need for control or everything to be, you know, all lined up perfectly. And man, there's a thousand defects that come into play with that. Right. You know, and my natural character, who I am fundamentally, is not served by those defects. Right. Right. Long term. It's a short term sort of instinctual. My defects come out often when I am acting before I let God in first. So I call it, and there's a reading in one of the daily readers and it talks about being quicker than god mm -hmm. and i can relate to that in such a intimate way because if i just react instead of take time to actually respond and let the god of my understanding in then it's a character defect right right 100 percent of the time it's all emotion based right and it's yeah. based on fear it's, seven parts of self there you go Right. It's based on fear, ultimately, mm -hmm. of, you know, not getting something that I want or losing something that I have. And it talks about that in the 12, 12 and 12. Right. Yeah. But ultimately, I've in my own inventory, I realized that it was all about me, 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 the seven. Right. Yeah, exactly. And in page 62. <laughs> Of the big book, it says, whatever our protestation are not most of us concerned with ourselves, our resentments, our self-pity, selfishness, self-centeredness that we think is the root of our troubles, driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity, right? <laughs> so our troubles we think are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourselves, and the alcoholic is a extreme example of self-will run riot, though yes. they usually don't think so. Above everything... We alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. We must, or it kills us. Right. Right, exactly. Oh, man. And we need help. We need help to do that. Yep. I think this is, uh, 
there's something that I found today. It was a reading out of the book Serenity by Mike Shea. And it was for today. And it just ties in perfect with this. And the whole concept of like what we were just talking about, that fourth and fifth step um, and the importance of continuing that work, that it's not a one-time thing. I think we could take that a step further and say that, that, you know, the people in the community, right? The people we connect with as well, not just our sponsors, but just trusted individuals around us in the program. We need them. So this, this is called, it's a called reminders. It says you need people to stimulate and refresh your memory to stay the course when behaviors get a bit twisted. Your tender heart can be at a risk for being hardened, hardened once again. Be grateful, not irritated, when your actions or words are confronted lovingly by someone who cares. They love you enough to remind you to leave your foolish ways behind. Your reactions and words are the barometer of where you are in recovery. Can you admit when your thinking is twisted? God provides a lamp at your feet and lights your way by strategically bringing along ex- extraordinary people who encourage you to stay on point and they will they will give you honest wise advice as you seek counsel from those in your life who help save you from yourself you no longer need someone to co-sign your addictive behavior or agree with your drama thank them for speaking in love the words that are difficult to hear mm. right it's interesting you say <laughs> that yeah that, that's the idea that you know the god of my understanding speaks through others oh yeah yeah if I'm listening, <laughs> if I'm listening, it, I have to say, exactly. <laughs> Your ears have to be open to hear it. When I was first in this program, I definitely didn't understand that. And, um, you know, I was working with, I have a couple of sponsees I was working with this weekend. And, um, you know, like Jason said, our behavior shows where we're at in our recovery. And, when I do my four step, when I did my fifth step, when I'm on my sixth step and I'm asking for these defects to go away, it doesn't stop there. They don't just disappear. Like Jason was saying, you know, right. the actions required to get them to disappear is a continual conversation with your higher power saying, okay, help me. And then, you know, a situation comes up and you would normally do this. You have got to take the action to do something different so that you can carry through that character into your everyday life. And that's hard for me, too. No doubt. I mean, my character defect says, oh, nobody likes me and everybody hates me and I'm so different and nobody loves me and I'm going to be alone and da 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 You know, I can spin my head. I'll go two seconds. Mm, Hell yeah. You know, and then like a week ago, literally, I made, honestly, my sponsor meeting with some other sponsees without me, all about me. And I literally thought about it because I rationalize, guys. Rationalize is one of my biggest mm. characters. Rational lies. Mm-hmm. Oh, All wow. the time. Mm-hmm. That's good. All the time. So for me, I hear that in my head now. And I go, oh, you're letting your character defects roll. So I text <laughs> my sponsor. I'm like telling on myself, you know, hands up. I just made your whole meeting all about me and I'm not even there. <laughs> yeah i mean dude Come we on. we do that shit too oh we, bad we're we're too smart what oh, didn't man. you just say in the last episode uh that we did the one on relapse charlie you said my intellect never served me well no oh, my that's, intellect, that's what yeah, you're intellect about. got me nowhere it, when it oh. came to recovery because we're, we're too it was smart. not an asset <laughs> well and no i mean let's be honest there's been tons of studies scientific studies that show a lot of people with addiction alcoholism drug addiction any kind of um addiction 
typically there's a higher IQ frame. Mm-hmm. And I believed in my first round through the steps and looking at my character defects that I could manipulate my character defects to serve me well. Right. Sure, absolutely. And it sounds funny, but I put myself through college my first three years sober running on character defects because yeah. I'm like, oh, I need to get everything right and work hard and prove sure. myself is going to serve me. Yeah, perfectionism and, exactly. and, and, and achievement. and Right. And I might have right. got those degrees, but Man, I made a mess of everything else because those defects were just rolling. I bet. You know? That's the interesting piece to me, and that's the tie-in here, everybody, is that character defects hurt, and they damage. They hurt me, and they hurt you. And they isolate. Yep. There you go. Because I'm hurting, and because I'm hurting you, because of my character defects, I'm harming you. Okay? Getting what I want. At any cost. At any cost. I get into a place, again, of restlessness, irritability, and discontentedness. I'm alone because I'm hurting people and I'm hurting myself. And I I get to a place where using or drinking seems like the only solution. Right? Yeah. Dude, I was just talking about this earlier today that... I've been having a rough week and I've been like feeling not just not like enjoying the way that I'm feeling. And as a result of that, like, you know, you sit in that feeling long enough mm-hmm. and even I've been talking about it, but just nothing's making it better. And that's what's so what's making it fuck with me is that it's like I can't shake it mm-hmm. and it's like a funk. And uh, I was talking about this with my girlfriend and I said, dude. I, I seriously you call your girlfriend a dude. Well, no, I probably said babe, <laughs> but I, I was like, I was like, you know, honestly, right now I'm, I was like, I just, she's like, what are you thinking about? I'm like, I'm just trying to think of things I'm grateful for because, um, that's what I need to do when I'm feeling like this. You know what I mean? So I love that Jason, because often what, the idea is when it comes to combating character defects as I said on the top and originally I thought that it was opposite. Charlie Work yes Charlie works really hard to remove his own character defects all by himself no <laughs> no no no, no. Yep. what it is is I invite the God of my understanding in to help me do the opposite right. I leave that character defect I check it okay mm-hmm. I don't try to work on it I don't try to make it less I don't try to hide it I don't try to do any of that with the character defect. What I try to do is I try to do the opposite and I invoke the God of my understanding for help on that. I don't get, yeah. I don't say, you know, help remove me from being angry. Help me show love instead. Instead, Right. Like I was, I've just been feeling like a lot of I don't want us and a lot of irritability. And I was like, you know what? I told her that too but i said i'm just really trying to think of things i'm grateful for because and and i was able to with with my whole heart put every single thing that's been annoying me or getting under my skin in that list like i'm grateful for my roommates i'm grateful for my job i'm grateful for this car those are all things that i've been complaining Mm -hmm. extra about lately and you, you know, got problems in areas that you didn't even have areas before. Yeah, exactly. and that's a, that's so weird you said that because I was like, <laughs> you know what? I'm I was I was like with my son, 
uh, he was kind of a handful this weekend. And I said, you know what? I'm grateful that I have this relationship with my son right now. And I'm grateful that, um, you know, these are problems that I wouldn't even have. You know, I'd be in prison right now if I didn't uh, smash my ego. You know what I mean? Right. And, and, and let somebody guide me in this process in the mm-hmm. first place. So mm-hmm. I, that's where I would be. And, man. And so you're working on the opposite. It was cool, Gratitude. though. And then so when you I were in a here, place of... of, of, of Sort of in a funk, maybe it's self pity, maybe it's you know whatever it is, but you're working on gratitude yeah. to help you. And then I got here and I sat in your, in your uh, at the end of your driveway for ten minutes. I shut the radio off, everything, and just prayed, man, mm-hmm. prayed hard because I was like, I'm seriously like, kind of need you to just step in, Funkville. in, step in, and do mm-hmm. your thing. I was trying to come up with like, what do I want to ask for? And then I finally kind of. And then I kind of laughed at myself and said, we're all in the same boat. I was like, dude, you know, just do your thing because I don't know what I need. You know, if I knew what I need, I probably wouldn't be feeling the way I feel. Yeah. And knowing that you're feeling that way makes me feel a lot better because I've been going through that, too. And, you know, let's be honest, the weather uh, working in the winter and 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 y'all know we live in the Twin Cities. okay? and it is Snownamiville here. Oh, it's the most snow in years. And it's snow apocalypse. Yeah, there you go. It's beautiful, (laughs) but it causes some, you know, there's no sunlight and you can't get out and go do things. And, you know, it definitely for me now back in my day. This would have been, I don't want to go to work. I'm calling in five days in a row. Now I'm fired. Now I don't have any money. Now, my biggest worry this week was, okay, God, give me the strength to get my butt out of bed, go shovel out the driveway, clean off the car, and suffer through a three-hour commute Mm -hmm. for two weeks straight. Mm -hmm. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. And I can Mm -hmm. let that attack my mind and control my behavior, or I can push past it and say, okay, you know, take this away from me give me some strength give me some happiness you know and help Mm -hmm. me find a way to not feed this into my natural character defect of sloth Mm -hmm. and laziness Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you know feeding Mm -hmm. that monster inside me that says i don't want to because Mm -hmm. i don't want to that's so crazy you're like talking about me man stop (laughs) (laughs) i mean just this last week it's been like totally it i didn't want to do shit I, I yeah. called in Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday last week. Yeah. I mean, I was feeling under the weather, hardcore, sick, and I was like, not. I didn't leave my bed, you know, until yeah. Friday morning at about ten thirty, and I got up and went and I did some stuff because I had to well, get ready for my son. This will combine into that too. It feeds. Dude, it's super depressed, like and irritable and ugh. The gratitude list is a good way to change that. Super out. good way. And it's way. really good to list it out too for me when I write down. You know, I'm I'm grateful that I had to do a new budget this week, and it took me hmm, four days. Wow. <laughs> but you know what? Eight years ago, I couldn't make a budget because I didn't have no money, nor mm-hmm. did I have a roof over my head Damn that right. someone wasn't like loaning me. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, more problems in areas we didn't even have. Exactly. And then the gratefulness comes in because yeah. eight years ago I didn't have a single friend to call. Right. Not one guy. Right. I don't think since I first did my steps, today was the first time since then that I've actually like verbally, and it was so like spur of the moment random. She's like trying to ask me about one thing and I'm like, yeah, I feel like a funk. And then I just start rattling off a gratitude list. But I think something was even made it more special 
or effective that I was like sharing that like verbally mm-hmm. with with someone mm-hmm. right who I know gives a shit and isn't going to judge me when I'm being transparent like that I was just telling Jason before the podcast that today my son had an appointment <laughs> for a car deck car deck install for his car right he comes over this has been scheduled for I don't know like 2 months it was a it was a christmas present right it was a car deck and it was an install, right? He's got a 2000 Honda and it's got a it's got a tape deck in that thing, right? <laughs> nice. So we're on the road. So he gets here 20 minutes before we got to be there. And uh, so we're already uh, under the gun and he brings down the, the, the install kit and it's broken, right? Oh. And he's like, yeah, broke, dad. And I said, you mean you, you broke it? question mark okay so we're trying to glue it you know and we got like negative minutes to get there at this point and i'm like <laughs> all right let's go right and we'll see what happens maybe they'll install it maybe they won't right and it is we got like 40 50 mile an hour winds out there and oh. it's blowing wind across and that boy that boy <laughs> that boy <laughs> that boy i mean i I mean, wow. And so I'm pray I'm literally praying for a number of different <laughs> reasons all the way there. I'm praying uh that we we stay alive, but <laughs> mostly I'm praying that I don't inflict my character defects on him cuz they're rare or not. Right. Right? I want to yell at him for being late. I want to yell at him for breaking the thing, right? Um I want to yell at him for not being prepared. He couldn't find the gift card. He couldn't find this. He couldn't find that, right? Um, and I also am getting frustrated with slow drivers because we're late. Yep. Right. And I feel all of this and I'm just praying and I'm just praying and I'm praying and I'm praying for serenity. God, mm-hmm. grant me this serenity. <laughs> and I just kept saying that serenity prayer over because that's what I needed. And I needed serenity because I was feeling the opposite. Right. And when I feel that way, often I inflict it on somebody else and he was right there and he would have been victim number one. Right. Yeah. We got there. I didn't inflict any character defects on him. I stayed calm. And we pulled the car into the deal. And it seems like we got there just in the nick of time. And we're wandering around Best Buy. <laughs> and they call his cell phone from the install bay. And they're like, yeah, where's the, where's the, where's the audio deck that we're supposed to install? And Jake says, oh, yeah, I might have not. I might have forgot that. <laughs> <laughs> and I just laughed. And, you know, in a in in active alcoholism and addiction, I would have just went off on him. Right. And I would have been so angry because of the calamity of errors. Right. <laughs> and I would have just went off. I didn't. I just laughed because, first of all, he gets that shit from me. Oh. The absent mindedness and the inability to get out of one's own way right he gets that from dad right so to have that recognition right that he gets it from me hey he does pay attention to me (laughs) well i I like how you say not inflicting your character defects parenting guys in general is hard for real parenting as a person in recovery with a, a valid knowledge of all your character defects and sitting there and you're talking to your child in these situations and you're rolling and you know you cannot 
let it loose. That's right. You know, I'm sorry. Right. I've got a 16 and a half year old and a 13 year half year old daughter, both of them. And oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah I have a 17 and a 15. Yeah. So. And we're okay. teenagers. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sorry. I've heard about teenage girls. Don't know about anybody else. I was terrified of my parents. I would never <laughs> half the stuff my children do. However, uh, I see my character defects alive and well in mm-hmm, my children. Mm-hmm. And Man, I my know- kid is seven, and I'm 38. And you should see me sometimes. If you could, see, like, if I had a zipper in my forehead, you could see the things that go through my head. Sometimes I take a lot of things personal that come out of that kid's mouth. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I take, mm-hmm. I take it hard, and mm-hmm. then I have to remind myself, like, he's fucking seven, bro. Right. Right. Don't chill out. Right. You know, Charlie, you could tell your son, you know, just say, hey, Jake, just keep the tape player and go to the salon and get a high top fade, bro. You know, say, yeah. <laughs> bring it back. Bring uh, it love back. That. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> so for weeks and weeks, I've been wondering why my car has this ridiculous ass base, right? <laughs> you know, and it's like, you know, talk radio and it's like, boom. I'm like, what is the deal? And my girlfriend's in the car and she's like, that's not normal. What's wrong with your car? Why is it? Why is there so much bass and it's just some guy talking? And I'm like, yeah, well, maybe I'll figure it out. So I'm going through the, <laughs> and the bass is jacked all the way to max, and the treble's jacked all the way to max. I'm like, freaking Jake, <laughs> freaking yep. Jake, right? And I asked him today. He's like, yeah, well, I don't remember, but you know, that's the way I have mine. And I'm like, you're a knucklehead. I love you, but you're a knucklehead. Right. And knucklehead. also, to your point, Jason, when we talked about that, it doesn't sound good. Right. It doesn't sound good. I don't know why you all think that sounds good, but yeah. it does not sound good. I said, like, these young kids nowadays, they think when the speakers sound like they're farting, that that sounds good. It's like, no, it needs to boom, but have clarity. Clarity mm. is very Now, important. we're going to talk about clarity when it comes to character defects. Oh, but snap. to finish up the... the what the, a segue. The, right? <laughs> the, the story... He says, well, we don't have the car deck, Dad. You could just buy a new one here and then sell the other one on Craigslist. And I and I, and, and, and even just still a small part of me kind of wanted to. Why? Because not, not kind of wanted to, but remembered when I would have wanted to do that. Right. Because I operated in guilt. And I operated in divorce happy, guilt. Right? I operated in alcoholic guilt. Yep. All of the guilt that I had with regard to how I um, acted all throughout their childhoods until I got sober, right? I would have done it in a heartbeat. Now, I would have been kind of mad at him for kind of making me do it, but I would have done it out of pure guilt. Exactly. And I don't have that today. No. And so I was able to look at him and be like, are you? No. Um, (laughs) No. I'm not buying you one right here when you left the other one. God knows where. I love you, but no, which no. I bought, right, right, the other which, one I bought which I bought, which I already you. bought, right. So I was just no, and that's silly good boy because I didn't feel guilty or anything about that. And right? our guilt and our shame is no longer ruling us, which is right. what happens when we have the clarity of what our character defects are. That's because right. I was in the same boat: the guilt and the shame of the things I did in divorce, kids bouncing between households. That ruled me. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and absolutely. Knowing that, mm-hmm. honestly, I was not aware of that until two years ago. And I have a teenager throwing a four hour temper tantrum because I said no. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
what yeah. is going on here? Right. You know, and it's right. a call to my sponsor who was on the phone for four hours straight, you guys. Oh. And it's what is going on? She goes, would you parent different? And I'm like, no, because this is how I know I can teach them not to let their character defects rule. And she goes, then you're doing the right thing. But dang, is that hard? Oh, man. Right. Oh, man. Well, plus they know. That that was a button in the past that worked. Oh, and kids will push the Absolutely. button. You know what oh, I mean? They will hit them on Absolutely. purpose. So There's she's no like, this it. shit works. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm going to keep just fucking trying and trying and trying. My son will ask the same fucking question over and over <laughs> and over and over. And just like, yep. boy, boy, I literally are you yesterday def- I was like, come here real quick. And I start, look, I pulled his ears yep. a little bit and yep. I was like. Flipping it back and forth, and I'm like looking, like I'm looking at it really yeah, hard. Yeah. And he's like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "I'm just making sure these things work." And then I was like, "Hello," yeah. <laughs> and he goes, "Yes, Dad, that works." And I was like, "Oh, okay then." Okay, cool. Make Silly sure, boy. Yeah, just checking. Goofy yeah. kid. Right. And yep. I, I, I said no, Ali. I love <laughs> this idea that parenting and recovery is so much different. I was so permissive. Oh, yes. In my alcoholism and my addiction. It, because recovery. of the guilt and because of all yep. that other things and because I was lazy and yep. just didn't want to Ooh. set limits and do the right. hard work it's that parenting in and in recovery I do that and you know what my kids don't like it yeah no my at all either. in fact right. there was a large part of them especially very early on that, w- that they were not super thrilled with sober dad who oh, was no. paying attention now yeah and setting limits and boundaries they didn't like it well and they're like what is this right right well and i don't know about you guys but you know i have to live my life aware of my character defects all the time yes and that includes parenting the big book tells us i will carry this into my everyday affairs home work kids parenting correct and that means that if i'm going to be consistent which inconsistency was one of my character defects. Mm-hmm. I need to be consistent in everything. Mm-hmm. And that includes parenting. Mm-hmm. And it is hella hard yeah, some is. days. You know, my daughter, I, I would cry. I'm oversensitive. Mm-hmm. Another character defect. Mm-hmm. Super oversensitive. Mm-hmm. You know, and she will say something and I'm like, why can't you just love me? I love you. You're my whole life. Mm-hmm. You know, and I want my little girl back that loves her mama. But at the same time, my brain goes, no. And then I have people around and someone goes, well, your kids don't like you because you never say yes. Because they never ask for anything that I should say yes to. <laughs> right, exactly. you know, right. I'm sorry. No, you're not getting an iPhone. And no, I'm not buying you a new car. And no, I'm not buying you a $400 prom dress. Right. And right. If I have to say no, other people may not understand. And right. that's Like, no, okay. your boyfriend can't come spend, spend the, the night. night. Exactly. The My hell? daughter. You're, exactly. You're 15. You're, yeah, she's 16 <laughs> years old. Can oh. I go spend new? Uh, no. I'm sorry. Now, old me would have been, well... Because right. I don't want her to hate me, and exactly. I, I want to be on the same playing exactly. field as her dad. Exactly. But you know what? I'm not. You right. know, I'm mom. I'm different. You know, and when it comes down to it, being aware of who I am, my kids have grown up in this program. Mm-hmm. They see women around me all the time. Mm-hmm. They know my sponsor very mm-hmm. well. You know, mm-hmm. and my daughter, the same day as she threw that four-hour temper tantrum, my sponsor was on the whole phone. She goes, "I said, why do you do this to me?" And she goes, because you won't go anywhere. And that was like one of those moments where it's like, wow, you know, and I can look at my kid and say, you're being very selfish right now. Mm -hmm. You're just being mean to me. You called me a name. No. I said, your actions are very selfish right now. 
I'm not calling you a name, but I'm going to tell you right now, your behavior is this and it's unacceptable, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and it's hard because it makes me, if I'm going to say it, I better live it. Right, right. You know, and it's it's hard. Yes. Because sometimes I don't want to either. I got days I'm in funks. Yep. You know, and it's hard to keep going. But I try to be transparent when I am dealing with those defects. You know, like Jason's saying, telling somebody else is hard. It's yeah. hard letting people see when we are dealing with our character defects or when our old behaviors are coming in. And this is where the rubber meets the road when yep. it comes to character defects. I love what it says in the 12 by 12 on step six. It says, it is nowhere evident, at least in this life, that our creator expects us to be to fully eliminate our instinctual drives. So far as we know, it is nowhere on the record that God has completely removed from any human being all <laughs> his instinctual and natural drives. Since most of us are born with an abundance of natural desires, it isn't strange that we often let these far exceed their intended purpose. Oh, yeah. When they drive us blindly, or we willfully demand that they supply us with more satisfactions or pleasures than are possible or do us, that is the point at which we depart from the degree of perfection that God wishes for us here on earth. That is the measure of our character defects, or if you wish, our sins. If we ask, God will certainly forgive our derelictions, but in no case does he render us white as snow and keep us that way without our cooperation. Absolutely. That is something we are supposed to be willing to work toward ourselves. Every day. Yes, only that we try to try as best we know how to make progress in the building of our character. And right. notice he says work toward, not work to obtain or, or make it sound like, you know, this is a, you know, going to be something that eventually we will have achieved it. And now it is ours and nobody can take it away. Nothing in this recovery is a singular process or a singular event. Like nothing. Everything is a continuum. Yeah. There's no goal. There's no end goal for me outside of living today to be the best person I can be. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. And if, if for me, the first part of that is not using Right. The second part is, God, what do you want me to do today? Right. You know, I had Bingo. a friend. I was late one day. Late as me. I'm being disrespectful. I'm not taking advantage of, you know, my time and I'm abusing being somebody disre- else's that's time. That's right. You know, and I was talking to a friend. I said, I'm really late. And they said, well, it's your time. No, I'm sorry. It's not. It's other people's time This too. is God's time. Right. I'm sorry. Right. You know, and if I'm not aware of that every day, God, help me be a better person today. Or how, you know, it's going to continue to snowball. You know, and we have to really look at that. It's that continuum. We're, yeah, we're right. continuum to be a better person. And every day, by the grace of God, we can be better people. Yep. And I think that, you know, again, you just said, you know, God help me. Right. Yep. Like whatever your higher power is or whoever the people who have helped you get to where you are or, you know, get better, have taught you things that you didn't know how to do before in life. You need to know that all that is has a better idea of what you should do than you do. Like, I can't do this on my own. Oh, no, absolutely. At all. Uh-uh. I need my higher power. I need the help from others in the fellowship to uh, correct these behaviors. And I need God to give me the willingness to hear him. Yes. We got some comments that we're going to take from the Sober and Serious Facebook community. But we got an intro that we got to get that? through first. What What's going on? What's that? Doo-doo-doo-doo. That's Time now. Hello? Now the sober and serious community says about this knocking. week's topic. 
Every week, we share select responses to the weekly show topic, which is posted every Wednesday as the topic of the day on Sober and Serious on Facebook. Your experience, strength, and hope continue to amaze and inspire. So keep up the great work, you guys. Yeah, okay, let's read some comments. Here's what I asked of folks, okay? Um... Old oh, school typewriter. Type nice. Fuck? Back in 1971. I watched a movie with a typewriter on it last. It's called Misery. <laughs> was it? Something like that. No, but that reminded me of Misery. Right, the oh, Misery. Yeah. Yep. So SW. So here's what I asked. I asked, how do you identify when character defects crop up, and what do you do to thwart their influence on your day? Right. Right. SW. We're using initials to protect the innocent. Says I see I see mine usually when others show my character defects. First step is awareness. Before trying to change my problem, I have to catch myself doing the character defect. And I agree with that a hundred percent that I have to be aware of it. If I'm not even aware of it, I got no prayer. And right. that was absolutely as I was working through the steps the first time, that awareness started to to uh present itself. Yep, and light bulbs every day. That's you right. Will, in recovery, that's you will right. get light bulbs yeah, every day. Right. That awareness comes more that's, and more. That's <laughs> yes. right. And some of it is not fun, but it's better to be aware than unaware. Right. JH says, simple, sweet and simple, identify defect, then apply the steps. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Pretty simple. Very good. Yeah. CC says, I heard in a meeting someone say, some defects are like bad breath. Others notice... When we don't, a good sponsor <laughs> has helped me with some issues. I don't get defensive when someone has constructive criticism and I trust their motives. And no, it's all about genuine caring. I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that cool. And I really love the the message there. And I, love I, that and I love the bad breath analogy. It's so great. Because you're like, what? Oh, you're like, what? Man, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm in a hurry. I'm running late. I. I can just skip brushing my teeth. That's Nobody right. will notice. And as soon as somebody goes, bro, your breath funky, you're like, I'm never fucking skipping brushing my I teeth. Again. I bet you won't you know? be forgetting you guys know yeah. about a defect again either. Exactly. Right? right? You guys you know what exactly breath is, right? Yeah. What's that? What? Exactly breath? <laughs> no. No? It's when your breath smells exactly like your ass. Oh. oh yeah. Damn. You're welcome. Major fucking burn. Yep. You're welcome, everybody. K- <laughs> KR says, ask God at once to remove them. Make amends if necessary. Resolutely turn my attention to someone I can help. Yeah. Yeah. That's Absolutely. a step 10. That's usually right a there. good antidote to almost anything. Oh, helping somebody yep. else. And step 10 is a great way to be able to clean some stuff up. Right. Right. It's yep. even better if I'm able to catch it before it comes out. And before. telling on yourself, like you said oh, yeah. earlier. It's required to be able to say, oh, I let my defects run riot today yep. or my self-will is pushing this situation. For and sure. Man, is that ever a daily defect? Mm-hmm. You know, I out of fear. I'm afraid, man. I'm afraid I'm going to be homeless. Fear, I'm afraid fear, I'm not going to have food. I'm afraid I'm going to be a bad mom. I'm afraid I'm going to lose my job. I'm afraid my car is going to break. Everything is But noticing based. that feeling of fear is so critical. Oh, yeah. But yeah. then so your character critical. defects, if you're not aware of them, they're going to go, I got to control this. I got to fix right. this. I got to make that's sure right. that I'm doing everything just the way I'm supposed to. And right. dang, that's a lot of weight, man. It sure is. But it's so, oh. it's so, I'm so grateful 
today that I I can identify what my character defects feel like. I yep. I know what it feels like when I'm afraid and that 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 instant fear and panic. I know what that feels like. Right. And I can I can inject a pause most times. Yep. Not all the time. Most Stop, times. Pause. Yep. But I can inject that pause mm-hmm. and then let the God of my understanding in. Yes. And him and I can work it out. Right. And then I'll make a response. Right. 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 So that's so responding rather than reacting. Bingo. Yep. Uh J P B C. That's four initials. I feel convicted within my spirit, and if I go ahead, I regret with much guilt. Yes. And I think he's talking about what we just talked about. Yes. Right. I've got new, this immediate new, new emotional charge, and I have to, again, inflict it. Yep. Yep. Well, and it's the awareness, man, but when you go against that awareness because you let your defect rule, I don't know about you guys, oh, but, man. oh, man, because we've all she done it. blows up. Oh, she blows. It's like bad. a domino effect for yep. me. I've consciously before. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? Like, I, I, I'm, I know this is a defect, and I'm going forward. Yep. Anyhow. Oh, my awareness tells me that I really shouldn't be doing this because there's there's <laughs> right. something not good behind this thought process, but I want it. So yep. Yep. I can I can fix this. Right. I can make and this. And then the rationalization the Exactly. Rationalize. Rational lies to myself. Mm-hmm. So let me go justify wow. it to you. Mm-hmm. And then I'm gonna mm-hmm. do it and man, boom. You know? Yeah. Jason says this is you. That's your me. response. Oh. Many times this is all internal for me. Self awareness and an intention to change is huge. Yep. But that can get to me that but that can get to me when I continue to fall short. So for me, I think accepting myself as I am, a work in progress, is so important. Yeah, I agree, Jason, 100%. You know, for me, I I mean, like, it's good. We're talking about this, like, how can we fix it? How can we fix it? And, like, to have that focus is fucking awesome. But sometimes we got to give ourselves some grace, too. Like, no doubt about it. You know, we are human. Right. And that's where I was just going to go, you know, because my character defects really, really revolve around, to be perfectly honest, acceptance from other people. But I forget I have to accept myself first and I have to give myself grace to go, dang, if I had a sponsee that's this honest with me, I'd be going on or going, you're doing so good. Keep going. Just keep being honest. But I'm going to beat myself up. And your comment is right on. You Mm -hmm. have to have acceptance for where you're at today because you are right where you're supposed to be today. You know, when we were talking about the parenting stuff earlier and it was like we couldn't accept ourselves, right? Right. So we would do this shit. Right. You know, let the kids have it their way right, right away like it's fucking Burger King or right. something because yep. we want them to accept us that's you know, right. and love yep. us because we right. couldn't even love ourselves that's or correct. accept ourselves. That's correct. That reminds yep. me where it says in the big book where they'll love us until we can love ourselves. I See, often, that's good. I that's often, in a good way, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I often almost disassociate in those situations on purpose and I look down on myself like a loving parent would look down on a child. Yeah, who doesn't know any better? Right. And I think about it that way, and I think about how I would respond if it was my child. Like, I love you, and it's okay. Yeah, right. you yeah, know, that's a good way and to that is it. hard. It's that hard. Be, that can it be is, very but hard. if you sort of like disassociate mm-hmm. and sort of look down on yourself yeah. with love, right, and acceptance, and like it's okay, mm-hmm. it's okay. You just reminded me of the, it's completely kind of off topic, but this 
there's there's this stuff called shadow work or, mm-hmm. or amigo relationship therapy too. They're kind of similar. This lady who does this meeting on in the rooms. Uh, it's Thursday night. Healthy love. It's an awesome meeting. Rachel Levy. She's like a licensed psychotherapist in, in those fields, and she taught us this stuff in her intro one one Thursday about um, you know sitting with like naming your inner child, right? You, so you name it. Right. And then and then you like sit with it, yep. And you and you comfort it. And I swear to God, dude, like that exercise. I named mine JJ because that's what they call me when I was a kid. And, you know, I had a lot of childhood trauma, and it helped. Just the act of naming it, just that act, helped so much. Because now I feel like a rapport, like a like now I know it. You know it. You're aware. Like and now I know my inner power child. away from it's it. Fucking weird, right? So there's a quote from Marianne Williamson that we'll inject here, and I love her. And much of what she writes about and much of her work is so parallel to what we're trying to achieve in recovery. Right. She says, your character defects are not where you're bad, but where you're wounded. Mm -hmm. But no matter who or what causes the wound, it's yours now, and you're responsible for it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, yep. I think it's a wonderful way to look at character defects. It's not, you're not broken. You're not, you know, even though we call it defect, I don't think of myself as defective. No. Right? I don't think, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think, of, or irreparable. Not anymore. Right? Nope. Not anymore, right? I think of myself as hurt, as, as these are places where I need to heal. Right. Yep, exactly. You know, when we do things, they're cracks. Cracks and say like you're a cup of china. If you look at yourself as a china cup, you know, and someone dropped you, right? And mm-hmm. you got a crack now. Mm-hmm. You might not have shattered, but man, you got a crack and it's That's bad. Right. Yep. And you got to heal it. You got to put some super glue in there, and you got to heal it and put it back in the oven and let it seal. Somebody, you know? somebody told me a story once about mosaics. Oh yes, like, right. And they're built out of broken pieces. That's right. Yep. I love that. I love that. Or, or the cracked vessel one yep. where it's right. like and the light. That's shines. how the light shines in. Right. Yep. I love this from it's great stuff from JC. Mine creep up on four ninety four. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I think yeah. to myself, you don't know what that bad driver is going through. Maybe they are one day sober like you once were. Yes. Yes. Did I you then say become that grateful bod, that you I'm say still that bad driver. That bad driver. bad driver. Bad driver. <laughs> just kidding. And this he says, I then become grateful that I'm still alive. Yes. It's, he's he's going to fire we were just me ta- now. You no, guys. we were just talking about that. My girlfriend and I were. It's funny because through active addiction and alcoholism, I had this like odd Southern drawl. Okay. And somebody would comment on it and then it made me want to do it more. Right. So then I, <laughs> then I did it on purpose You're all like, the time. So I, I actively, I Terminal actively uniqueness. did not have a Minnesota accent all throughout my teens, 20s, and half of my 30s, okay? Right. Because I thought I was cooler. <laughs> huh. Without a Minnesota accent, right? Right. And I had this, like, mysterious southern drawl, and chicks really dug it. And, you know, they'd ask me, like, where are you from? You don't sound like you're from Minnesota. <laughs> and in the last four years of sobriety, I have the worst Minnesota accent. Right. The worst. And I, you think you have, like, I think you have a Charlie accent. Because <laughs> we've had this conversation with some guests in the past. That's where, true. Where they're like, 
What? Where is he I, from? What did that one lady say? It was so funny. She goes, "You have a, he has a way of articulating himself that is unlike anyone I've ever heard." She was like from the south, wasn't she? That because for some reason that's or, the way that came London out. Or, I just or London that. or something. That was pretty good. Yeah. That was, oh yeah, she was yeah, she from was like from London. Yeah, they don't talk like that there. But yeah, yeah. But it was cool. It was funny, and that was my impression. And I'm like, and then I get, a, and then I'm like, is it, is it weird? Yeah. So <laughs> that shit was great. <laughs> T, Tr says, "When I feel uncomfortable or out of <laughs> sorts, it's time for a spot check inventory." Yes. And rapid amends, as described in the Twelve Steps and Twelve Traditions. Oh, yep. I like that. Yeah, spot check inventories are really good for you know if you do have that light bulb moment because we all get them. You know, the one that goes, "Huh." You just let your character defect take control, you know, and that's when we spot check inventory, I think a little bit deeper, but you know, I have to do an inventory every day too. Mm, Did I let my inventory, you know, all the steps tell us, you know, let's go step 11. Mm. You know, I better look at this Mm -hmm. at 11. There's been times I get so fucking worked up at work and I'll go to the bathroom and I'll literally stay in there for five minutes and really think, think about it and do that, you know, spot check, say a prayer, take a couple seconds to breathe and just embrace a silent moment yep. and kind of exhale inhale good shit exhale bullshit mm-hmm. and then go back to it fucking changes the whole day right yep and yep. It, it is a lot of our attitude it's, that's right it's how we're looking at things and taking that quiet time that spot check right now i need to step away because yep. my mind is not in the right place correct is we have got to do that in everyday like life. giving ourselves a time out oh yeah Talks. i hate timeouts as a kid i love them now love put them, me yeah. in the corner man <laughs> no, you know am says catch it check it change it oh wow yep. that's pretty good three c's you just reminded me of that movie dirty dancing nobody puts baby in the corner <laughs> you remember that nobody no, puts I was me not, in the corner no. either don't lie dude you watched that and you cried Oh, he's it almost crying really now. Good. Look at him. It was really oh, good. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Oh, look at his I'm tears. man enough to admit it's good. <laughs> no, I actually think I was too young. My mom fucking, you're oh, older than dirty me. Dirty Dancing? That is a classic. I'm older than you, but I was it's like, it's so Maybe eight. your parents were super like shit. They were too. You didn't have to. We TV? couldn't watch that stuff. Just Dude, we had three channels growing up. Four if the wind blew the right way. <laughs> nice. We still you had know? one of them wood TVs that you had to turn the knob. We did yeah. too. Oh, yeah. Clack, clack with yep. the clacker. Yep. yep. At clack, the clack, bottom. Clack. And ours didn't have a remote, but nope. and the tube was going out. So you get home. I, we'd get home from school. <laughs> it took 25 minutes for the TV to warm up. Oh, wow. Yep. You yeah. know, so you'd like turn the TV on and then go do a bunch of other oh, stuff. Oh, the screen's not on yet. Yeah. It'll come on in <laughs> a little right. bit. I yeah. remember that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, talk about a rabbit trail, you guys. Wow. Well, we just yeah, totally, we totally squirreled did. out. We totally it. did. Yep. All right. RW <laughs> says, I was just talking about this yesterday. I lied so much in my addiction. Oh, and I have been yeah. doing so well with working on that. Like, if I lie, I admit it right away. Makes me really humble. But recently, I've been dealing with lying for someone, and it kills me. And so, Uh, you know, it's a... Disengage. Yeah. You know, if you have to lie for somebody, yeah, I'm with Jason. Disengage. It's just a toxic relationship. It's hard. But we we are learned in in the very beginning of our recovery, we are taught people, places, and things. Right. You know, and if you're doing something contrary to that character that we had talked about already, then you need to make a choice. That's right. And, you know, it's hard to hear that because it's hard for any of us to let go of people we love. You know, even if it's just letting go of love and saying, I need to backtrack because I can't lie for you. But if you can admit that you used to lie all the time in your addiction and you 
took the steps necessary to look at that defect and yeah. change it. You can't let someone else in. Yeah. I can't because I have a propensity to lie over stupid stuff because I'm scared. Right. right. Dumb. I mean, we yep. lie because we're scared. Yep. For some reason, there's a fear behind that oh, lie. No, even if it's something stupid. I mean, I was so afraid when I was a child. I grew up very, uh, you know, in a very toxic environment too. Mm-hmm. And I was terrified of everything. Mm-hmm. And I would lie about everything i wore shit. blue socks today because i thought my mom was gonna get mad i wore white socks <laughs> mm-hmm. and i didn't want to deal with the wrath right. you know and i i lie about the dumbest things mm-hmm. when i'm not taking inventory fear, and i'm fear, not aware fear, of what my fear, defects fear. are right. yep well you know and and fear's it's not at the like, center of all of it right oh fear is everything oh right? i was gonna say Go. don't don't uh i'm not saying to like snitch the dude or like expose his lie or her oh, lie, no. his or her lie I'm just saying that uh, you should limit, like you don't have to like turn your back completely on a person. You just love them from a distance, but you should disengage. And by that, I mean just distance. You need to put distance between yourself and that person because yeah, like, like you said, it's getting you to compromise what you've been working so hard to correct, Mm -hmm. you know, sorry, Charles, we got calls. Oh, snap. Didn't you have something to say though? It's time once again to take some calls from the Way Out podcast listening audience. If you want to call the show, you can call 218-382-1960. Did you shorten that up? A message on the current topic. You took out the hell out. So we here at the Way Out podcast extend a heartfelt thank you for your contribution. Wait for it. So let's bring on the calls. Hi there. Hello? Hello! Hello! This is my favorite. Hello? Hola. Hola. Um, hello? Como esta? <laughs> oh, that's just priceless. I shortened up the front. We got three calls, ladies tres, and gents. Tres. Three calls. So the first one's going to be from Boston Mike. Boston Mike. What you got, boy? Hey, guys. Uh, Boston Mike giving you a shout. Um, thanks for having me on the show last week. Uh, sorry about the technical difficulties. And uh, it's kind of funny. I don't know if I just brought you some bad mojo, but hopefully not. <laughs> Anyways. Um, no, no. Character defects. Um, interesting. Why is it that um, other people, and I'm not going to say other people. I don't want to generalize, but... Doesn't it seem sometimes, you know, people in the program are quick to point out what other people are doing wrong and other people's character defects, you know, uh, as opposed to uh, just cleaning their side of the street, um, which is what, you know, we're, we've been kind of taught to do and, and asked to do as part of our step work. Um, I, I find it very curious sometimes when people after a meeting will kind of, you know, kibitz and talk about, hey, you know, this one's doing this and, you know, um, why is it? so difficult why do you guys think it's difficult for us in the program and and i'm generalizing um and i don't mean everybody because there are certainly some people who um who manage a very good program and a very healthy program but uh, you sometimes run into people who are quick to you know to talk about others character defects as opposed to working on their own um that's all i got okay brothers you guys are the best talk to you later Oh, Boston Mike, that's amazing. I would probably start my response with some are sicker than others. It's great. Yeah. Yep, great topic. Gossip is a horrible and 
so much overlooked thing. Oh, and an absolute character defect. And it really, for me, you know, I one of my character defects that I struggle with is judgment mm-hmm. and being it's silent though. Oh, all the time. You know what I mean? All the time. You're not all I'm bad judging mouth people. And I'm no, shit. I'm, but I'm judging people in my head. All the time. Well, we all a, do. Yeah, and it's a lot easier to look at everybody else's judgment, uh, character defects on your own. So if you can sit there in a group after a meeting and go, oh, that person. Right. You are deflecting attention from your own character defects. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I would do. I 100% situations. agree, Allie. 100% well, I actually agree. Heard, heard somewhere that when when something bugs you about another person, it's, it's, look it's, at usually, it's usually a reflection yeah. of yourself. Look in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Look so, at your damn self. So yeah. even though, you know. Maybe, and there's no doubt it happens, right, in the room. Yeah, well, and, and I don't know if, you know, there's if that's like a all the time thing but i from the whatever that statistic said it was like most of the time oh so I, let me ask you then have you been in a situation where you've heard that and if if yes then you know i've done both i've engaged in it and not yep. felt good about it and i've also disengaged and, and and that's that's the best choice for me what about you guys yeah and you know I've had this conversation with my sponsor a couple of times because we have quite a big group of pigeons, per se. Mm-hmm. And, um, pigeon sisters. Pigeon sisters. And, um, you know, we will talk about each other in the program, but it's not. The big book tells us that we will talk about each other, but it's in order to help. Right. Mm-hmm. We're not here to judge, and I'm not here to judge. You know, and in my early recovery, I didn't know any better. But mm-hmm. now I'm aware the mm-hmm. where word keeps popping up. Mm-hmm. Right. And now it's my job to turn around, disengage, and walk away. Well, and mm-hmm. isn't that more of like a go. team yep. uh, yes. aspect as opposed to, you know, just running somebody's name through the mud? But, Allie, like exactly. you said, the disengage and walk yep. away. Or, How about you? Know, you? I have been in a situation, though, recently where I, right in front of four or five women, we should not be talking about this. Right. Because you know what? God told me who I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And that means I have to lead too sometimes. And it might be uncomfortable and I'm afraid I'm not going to be accepted. Right. right. But I am not going to participate right. in smudging somebody else. Yeah. That's yep. the fear if we do that, right? That we are no longer going to oh, be Oh, it was horrible. Right. I was standing in this situation. I'm like, do I say something? Do I say something? Right. Do I say something? Because right. man, these are my friends. Right. Right. You know, but you know what? I don't want to be like that right yeah you know right. and if they don't like me then i guess they don't need to be right. there anyways and right. that's a hard call because that's we do want that, that acceptance because that's kind of what, what when when i'm in that situation if i feel that strongly about it that i feel i need to disengage or whatever i try to in in respect and and to honor that other person regardless of anything else, they deserve that to be honored. Uh, that a, com- a conversation, some communication needs to take place. So, mm-hmm. with love and with respect to the best of my ability, I will let them know what I observe and what I can't tolerate in my own circle of influence. Mm-hmm. And that's not anything personal, but that's something I have to do to protect it's a boundary me, that you're drawing to protect myself yeah. and my recovery. And, and usually they understand. Um, and I always leave that, that door open hand, you know, hand is out there. Like I would love to walk this journey with you, man. But you know, until you can like, you know, get your head right or whatever the case may be, just don't, contact me because I don't want to get sucked into your drama. I try to use I statements 
I'm when somebody is, uh, there's been times where I've given somebody a ride home or to a meeting and they're right in the business of um, uh, taking another person's inventory. Mm. Right. And so I try to use I statements, which is I try not to get in the business of taking other people's inventories. Right. I try not to be in the business of worrying about other people's programs. I try to worry about mine because I got enough I got to worry about than to worry about. And that usually is a good way of ending that conversation without judging them. So I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm not saying that what you're doing is wrong. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying this is what I'm trying to do. Yep. Yep. And I've used that. And, you know, my sponsor uses that quite a bit. I am uncomfortable with that. And I am really bad at confrontation, guys. I don't like it. Right. I really don't. And I will run from it Mm -hmm. at all costs. And um, I'm (laughs) learning. And it's a boundary thing for me. It's a fear thing and an acceptance thing. So this is my newest thing for Those the last few years. Those are super uncomfortable Oh, bad. And it's a hard have. conversation. And to be able to say, I am not doing this because I'm choosing to do this. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. It what's is hard. the hardest part? It's just that first sentence, that engaging. I know. Yeah. I know. That's Taking it. Steps, and then, stepping out on the ledge. And now right. here it plays itself out and... You know, I find it a lot easier when I don't pretend to know or let myself get sucked into hypothesizing right. how this conversation right. is going to play out. Uh, you know, fuck that. Just go and say something to them, you know, and then see what happens. Don't fucking wait. That's so much mental acrobatics and like oh, and wasted energy. A lot dude. of cycles there. A lot yep. of cycles. Speaking of cycling, impossible we've got our absentee co-host. What? Cycling. Come on. That was very good. Very good. That sounds like shit. Alex. You guys. Colleen, talk about character defects. There we go. He's back. Talk about it. One of the character defects that I struggle the most with is uh, pride. (laughs) You know, I mean, I know that it affected me in my recovery in. Multiple ways. I mean, both before and after I stopped uh, the behaviors that led me to this program. Uh, one of the biggest ways that affected me before is, you know, I I was the bee's knees. You know, there I was better than any anyone else at anything. And well, in the reality, you know, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that. Uh, well, that's that's just not the case. Um, and. Uh, it affects me now as something that I have to continue working on. Um, recognizing when I'm letting pride get in the way of decisions and behaviors um, so as to not uh, not affect other people and most importantly not let other people down. Um, you know, it, it's a big thing to humble yourself and be able to admit, you know, you're not capable of doing everything. You know, you, you know, I, I, am not able to do this on my own and being able to uh, admit that rather than uh, get stuck in my pride and my ego. Right. Uh, it allows me to move on with my life in ways that uh, aren't otherwise possible. And uh, well, that's all I, that's all I really came up with for character defects, but at least that I wanted to talk about. We all, we all have that fourth step inventory. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, guys, I uh, hope right. to be able to rejoin the podcast soon and take care of everyone. 
Alex Thanks, Bates, Alex. brother. I, he, the, that reminds me of the saying that I identify with very, very intimately is that I was a egomaniac yeah. with an inferiority complex. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, that's uh, funny that he says that because my first thing I'm listening to Alex and I'm like, I really didn't suffer from pride. Ah, like, <laughs> hello, my brain's going, did I really suffer from pride? Because I look at, this is my, how the, my addict alcohol brain goes, right? And my brain says, no. I had no no self-esteem, none. I didn't believe, but you know, man, did I ever have to prove I could manage a thousand things at one time mm-hmm. when I really could only manage, mm-hmm. you know, 10. Mm-hmm. And I would try to juggle mm-hmm. them all, right? Yeah. But that's pride, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And that's where my brain will lie to me about my own character defect, telling me I don't have it, and oh yeah. boy, mm-hmm. is it there. Mm-hmm. Man, I was looking at this when he was saying that, and I'm like, I'll either be like, Man, I'm doing good, you know, and I want to feel like really good about all these different areas of my life. But I shit you not, man. Like I was talking about this funk this last week and it's like I get that. And then I'm questioning every fucking thing. Everything. Yeah. And it's like I'm just like I still suffer from that polarization. That That extreme black and white thinking. Yep. Yep. And then I was listening to him too. I thought he was playing uh, football with his phone. It's all or nothing <laughs> you with know? everything. Yeah, but I, it was, sounded like he maybe was, he was uh, actually on his bike. I don't know about that. I think he was. You know, I think he punted it once. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> love you, brother. We love you, Alex. All right, we got Peter coming up. This is our final call. Peter. Hi, this is Peter Colin. Um talking about character defects. I uh I there's a story about um Michelangelo, sculptor, painter who did the Sistine Chapel. He also did a, a sculpture of the famous sculpture of David. He was asked how he was able to complete David, how he was able to carve David out of a block of stone, and he said, um I didn't carve David out of a block of stone. God guided my hands in in removing the stone that wasn't supposed to be there. And David was revealed. Mm. And um, that's how I look at the process of removing shortcomings. What happens is in recovery is we, we find these, I have found these character defects and I, I, I pray to my higher power, to my who I choose to call God, um, to remove these from me. And as I've done this, these character defects have been removed, and I've slowly started to become revealed, much like removing the rock from the sculpture. Um, we all have this perfect sculpture inside of this rock of shortcomings that's surrounding us. And so we just need chip piece after piece after piece and suddenly there's an ear and an elbow and a hand, and that's our authentic selves that's covered in our shortcomings. So that's kind of what I wanted to, to, to mention. Um, instead of talking about specific character defects, I just wanted to talk about that concept that that um, we're born pure. Um, we, we cover ourselves in stone through our actions and, and wrong actions, and we develop these character defects. And recovery is a process of chipping away, chipping away the stone yes. and revealing the true sculpture of our authentic nature. Yes. So that's all I got. Bye-bye. Dude, poetic, profound, astute, 
that was like a perfect call to end the show. Oh, I in the Christian it. world, we call that the process of sanctification, mm-hmm. which I didn't even learn about that until I was like almost two years into this uh, recovery. And if it wasn't for my recovery, I never would have learned it because I wouldn't have been in a church or believing in any kind of God or have any understanding of a God. So, man, that's a beautiful. Uh, thank you, man. Thank you for that. Wonderful call, Peter. Wonderful call. And most of yours are. In fact, they all are. Uh, And it reminds me that this program is a often and most specifically a program of addition through subtraction. Right. Unlearning, right? We're actually consciously shedding so much of the things that no longer serve us, just like in the parable that we opened up the podcast with, which was we needed to drop the rock in order to be able to swim to the boat called Serenity. Don't be an idiot. Drop Drop the rock. Right. So this idea that, you know, um, that Michelangelo was just removing the stone that God didn't want and David appeared. It's beautiful, man. And that we're doing that same process of removing the things that are in the way of us becoming the people the God of our understanding would have us be. Exactly. Right. You know, and you know, I choose as as he said, you know, my higher power whom I choose to call God, I believe he's my sculptor. You know, and Michelangelo, as he's chipping away that rock, you know his hands are bloody, guys. You know his hands are sore. You know, and that's the same thing as we're sculpting ourselves here. And like you're saying, chipping away to make who we really are, Our hand, we're going to feel that pain. That goes Hell right yeah. along right. with revealing that's right. that masterpiece that's right. underneath, you that's know, right. and that's part of. That's kind of the whole point, that, right? Exactly, because you cannot get to that awesome masterpiece underneath all the marble unless you feel the pain to get there. We got idea. all that fucking pain. We've been storing it for our whole goddamn life, and we need yep. to deal with it piece by piece, bit by bit. Wonderful yep. podcast, you guys. Allie, thank you Actually, so much. Thank you very much thank for you having so you guys. Yeah, you so much for awesome. being on. You yeah. were amazing. You did really you good. Were, like, just a natural. You were spe- I love stuff like that. You were spectacular. Yes. yes. Spectacular. Thank you. And you didn't even, Jason, like, lose your train of thought or nothing. nothing. Well, we yeah. did Rabbit Trail, but we all went together on we that did. trail. Oh, we yeah. sure did. So well, okay. we sure did. I like to go along with the crowd. That might be a So fucking A. First stop is identifying. Identifying and being aware. That's right. Be good, everybody. We will talk to you next next week. Have a great week. Bye guys. See ya. Thank you for being a part of The Way Out. We appreciate your ears. We're sharing powerful recovery stories and recovery power topics every week. So keep listening up. If you would like to reach out to the show, you can visit us on the web at wayoutcast.com. That's wayoutcast, all one word, dot com. There you can subscribe to The Way Out Podcast on all of the major podcast aggregators, such as iTunes, CastBox, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, Overcast, and more. Or simply drop your hosts a friendly email at share at wayoutcast.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, contact us at share at wayoutcast.com. See you next time, and remember, if you don't change, your sobriety date will.